Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, the only podcast that gives overwhelmed business owners concrete copywriting tips that they can use in their marketing right away in just 15 minutes. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I'm here to be your editor in their pocket, your guide to the written word, and your shot of confidence that you can show up as imperfectly perfect as you are and put your heart and soul into telling the world who you are and what you're about and attracting your dream customers in your unique, authentic voice. Today, I want to talk to you about how to let your personality shine through in your emails, the antidote to sounding like a robot. When I first started working with business owners last summer, these are some of the things that you told me. When I sit down to write, the words won't come. I'm not like this in real life, but when I write, my friends tell me I come across as stiff and formal. How do I sound more like myself when I write? I don't feel like I'm very creative. I'm very logical and scientific. If it's informative, I struggle with making it interesting. I always sound very quote-unquote professional when I write, but it's missing the me ingredient. I'm a bullet point person, not a narrative person. All of these quotes came from different people, but do you see how there's a common theme that runs through them? There's a lack of inspiration, a feeling of disconnect between who you are and how you come across, and an uncertainty about how to use storytelling to hook your reader. Now, when it comes to inspiration, there's a lot I've already done in past episodes, including last week's episode on creativity, so you can go and refer to that. I also offer free and paid writing prompts on my social media. You can follow me at Jayati Vora on Instagram. You can sign up for my email list at cuttingjaystories.com forward slash subscribe. And also in my, and those are for free. And there's also my paid subscription to Million Dollar Emails, which is five gold writing prompts each month delivered to your inbox on the first of each month, plus questions to guide you through how to use them and two live calls per month to get my eyes on your actual copy. So that's already a lot of resources that I have for you on the inspiration front, so I'm not going to tackle that here. In today's episode, I want to talk more about this problem that a lot of business owners have, which is stifling their personality when it comes to emails, social media posts, even website content. If you've gone through college or if you've been trained in corporate speak, you may have had the personality literally beaten out of your writing. In India, the bureaucratic speak is particularly bad. You will frequently see emails with, that end with sentences like kindly do the needful or please revert at your earliest convenience. Here's a particularly tortured example I found online. And I'm quoting, A copy of the aforesaid report will be forthcoming from the concerned person today itself after which it would be my greatest pleasure to revert and discuss about the same for your valued feedback. O-M-G. In academic writing, the conventions are different, but they can be equally tortured. Here's another example. However, their task is made easier due to the consistency of the aforementioned sources as well as an existing operational definition for crime itself. Oh my gosh, that's a whole lot of words. Now, I'm not here to battle with academia or corporate jargon, though I absolutely believe jargon is a refuge of the lazy thinker. But if any of this sounds familiar to you, and it's what comes naturally when you're trying to sound professional, I get it. If you're struggling to sound like a human being with a pulse when you're writing your next Instagram caption, here are a few things you can try. There's a list of five things. The first one, run your copy through the Hemingway app. It's HemingwayApp.com and Hemingway is spelled with a single M. 
It'll highlight long sentences that you could shorten or turn into two sentences. It will highlight adverbs or the weak phrases and it'll show you where you could use a shorter word in place of a complex one. So give that a try if you struggle with recognizing where your language is too complex or weak. The second tip goes out to Vibha. She's one of the people who responded when I asked you what you want me to cover in forthcoming episodes. So she wanted to know about social engagement. And that's exactly what I recommend for sounding like a human being is engaging with your readers. Yes, you are the business owner who has a new product to launch. You have information to impart. You're the yoga coach who knows how your students can stretch their hamstrings. But in both cases, you don't want to sound like a stuffy professor in a lecture hall. You want to encourage feedback and responses from your audience. So don't forget to explicitly ask them questions. If you want an answer, you need to ask for it. Now, if you're on social media and you're new to inviting feedback, ask questions with quick, easy answers. Don't ask people to comment with their most painful childhood memory. That's a really big ask. It takes time and effort and emotional bandwidth and you're really unlikely to get a response, especially in this kind of public forum, right? What you can ask for, though, is one-word answers. If you're a yoga coach, ask if they recite Om three times before beginning their practice or if they like to dive straight into the asans. If you're selling a travel diary, ask them where their next trip is. If you want to make this even easier, make it a multiple-choice question. This one, by the way, is very good for Instagram stories, which are so fast-moving. I've used it in the past as well. You put a photo of you with your morning beverage of choice and use a poll sticker to ask, coffee or chai? This takes all the brain work out of the response. You are giving them options and making it super duper easy for them to respond to you. Now, you get bonus points if the question you're asking makes sense for your brand. Asking about chai or coffee makes sense for me because my brand is called Cutting Chai Stories. I frequently talk about chai, masala chai and all things chai and masala in my copy. And if this is one of your content pillars, go for it. For someone like Vibha, for whom travel and yoga are major parts of her personal brand, putting a simple question related to those topics may be more on brand than asking about chai or coffee. If your uh, business is educational consulting, however, maybe the kinds of questions you want to ask are about whether your students' dream schools are Harvard or Juilliard. Is this making sense? So ask simple questions, ask multiple choice questions, and keep it on brand. Number three. So if you ask a question or put out a poll and you have people responding, even if it's only one or two people, make sure you are DMing them. Respond with a reaction, tell them you agree or why you don't and keep the conversation going. And this is not just true on Instagram, this is true on Facebook, it's true on LinkedIn, it's true on email, right? And if you did use a poll, if you did use the Instagram story poll feature, what I would do is take a screen grab of the results and use that as your Instagram story the following day. One bird, two stones. Number four. Now I know cutting chai stories is all about the written word, but even I use emojis and photos and gifs when I write. Sometimes that winky face emoji just does the trick. I have yet to find the word equivalent of a wink. Now you are obviously not talking face to face with your readers. I mean, maybe you are, maybe... You're recording yourself and it's a YouTube video or an Instagram live. But if you are writing a social media caption, if you are writing website content, if you are writing um, the text of an email, you are relying mostly on the written word. You are not actually seeing the person that you're speaking with. 
But if you add images, it can give you that added layer of subtext that you would usually get if you were looking at somebody's expression. So the words may be completely straightforward, but if you add a wink at the end, well, then that tells the reader that you're not completely serious, that you're teasing, you're poking fun. That's something that you would usually get from the expression of the person that you're having a chat with. Similarly for GIFs. I love GIFs. I can have entire conversations in GIFs. I have lost way too much time sometimes in my workday hunting down just the right GIF to convey my response to someone. And I love them because they're fun. They frequently make pop culture references and they add that layer of subtext that you just don't have in the written word. This to me is a similar effect to somebody's tone of voice. If you're talking about how you have a 12-step process just to get out of bed in the morning, you follow it up with a gif of Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek rolling her eyes and saying, as if, then your reader knows that you are being totally sarcastic. You obviously do not have a 12-step routine just to get out of bed in the morning. An alternate way of doing this is to use hashtags. Look, here's my 12-step routine to getting out of bed in the morning. Hashtag you wish. It's very meta. It's like your internal commentary on what you just said, right? So we talked about emojis, we've talked about GIFs, and then there are straight up pictures. I love to include photos in my emails that I've taken on my phone just when I'm walking down the street. Because very often happens is I'm out and about living my life and I see something that triggers an idea for an email or a social media post. And what I do is I take a photograph of it and I save it in an album called Email Ideas or Social Media Posts. And the next time that I'm writing something or that I can't think of something to write, I go back to my folder of photographs for the idea. And if I do end up building an email around it, there's a good chance that I'll end up including the photo in that email. And I'm not a professional photographer. But as long as the photo is in focus and you can see what's going on, if it's relevant, there's a good chance you're going to see it in the email. And what that does is it shows your readers that you're human and this is real. They get to see a little bit of a little slice of your of life, right? They get to see the neighborhood I was walking around in. They get to see that ad on the side of the building that caught my interest. And they get to see, look, this is real. This really happened to me. Photographic proof. And of course, in a very practical sense, it also breaks up big chunks of text. It gives the reader a visual break and that's always nice. And by the way, if you want more on that, if you want more on how to format your writing so that readers will pay attention, uh, you can grab my PDF guide on formatting tips at cuttingchaistories.com forward slash formatting tips, where I go much deeper into how to format your copy. All right, for the fifth and last way to not sound like a robot, what is the opposite of being an android being robotic? at least in my mind, it is being individual, right? When I think of somebody being robotic, somebody being programmed, it's something that is mass-produced. And I think what we all want at the end of the day, you, your readers, and me, is to just be seen. You want to be acknowledged, and you want to know that the person on the other end is hearing them. So as long as you write from the heart, and as long as you say what you really feel, as long as you talk directly to your readers, woman to woman, you will avoid coming across as an android. And if you have the bandwidth to do so, I would suggest you take it one step further. Now, not everybody will be able to do this. You can also do this selectively. If you have someone who always takes the trouble to engage with you, send them a voice memo. 
Send a meme that made you think of them. Send them a resource that's not connected to your sales page so that it's not that you you only reach out when you want them to buy something, but also just when you're thinking of them, uh, when you see something that could help them, right? If you send them something that shows that you thought of them and you took the trouble to respond, that's really the best thing of all. Because who is your customer going to remember? That mass email that sounds like it was manufactured in China? Or the personalized DM that broke down the wrist-strengthening exercise that you recommend for her carpal tunnel, right? So there you have it. My five top ways to avoid sounding like a robot and to let some personality shine through in your content. If you like this episode, if you learn something from it, would you please do me a favor and rate and review it on your favorite podcast app? I've been hearing from my listeners, especially those of you who are not based in the US, that you can't see any reviews for this show on Apple Podcasts. But I have been told by many others of you that you've left reviews for it before. So if that's you, will you please, please submit a review for Cutting Try Stories on Apple Podcasts? It helps the show find new listeners and I would really, really appreciate it. Now, for your homework, take the next email to your list and see where there's a possibility to insert a GIF, an emoji, or a photo in the text. Is there a place that you could add a winky face or a sarcastic aside? Try it. See how you feel. Thank you so much for tuning in. And till I see you again next Thursday, tell me, do you prefer chai or coffee?